0: Today in our community is a day that we have been looking forward to and praying for and thinking about. Uh, One of the only ways I can describe it is if you've ever been part of a family that's been expecting new life in the family, everybody's kind of on pins and needles, ready to meet the new family members, and that's a lot of you. You are our new family members. You are the new birth in our community today, and we've been so excited and ready to meet you. Only for many of you, this uh, gestation, this waiting to appear on the Asbury campus and become part of the Asbury community um, has been a long journey, and we heard a little bit of that this morning. God has brought you um, from all over the nation, all over the world. God has brought you on different journeys uh, through so much, but I, I would say that if we sat down and heard every one of your stories, that the consistent thing we would hear is that God has been faithful. And that God has been calling. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit this morning. How God calls, not just once, but multiple times throughout our journey to bring us where he needs us to go. Um, Today, uh, you will be learning a lot about the people around you. You'll you'll be meeting new folks, getting to know the community, figuring out your degree plan, and, and having all of your questions answered. I'll just promise that on Ty Konopinski's part, that he will answer all your questions by the end of the day. So by the end of today, you should really only have one question left. And that question is this. What in the world have I gotten myself into? (laughs) You may be asking that question already as you begin today. If you came to seminary following a call from God, then I'm afraid that you got yourself into this long before you began to research seminaries or send in applications uh, or to try to best explain to family members why you would come to a place they had never heard of, with two stoplights and five restaurants if, if you count the gas station, which you do. (laughs) If you value a good chicken biscuit, this place called Wilmore, Kentucky. Uh, the, The call that began all this for you began way before the call to seminary. The call that wrecked your life was not a call to seminary. It happened long before that. If you ever wanted to be in control of your life, that ship sailed the day you became Jesus' disciple. That's when you gave up the reins and left the nets and headed out on this journey. And Jesus makes disciples uh, very succinctly which is two words, follow me. Those are the words that we've all answered. At some point in your life, you heard those words directed straight at you, follow me. And you were desperate and foolish and wise enough to say yes. And your life has never been the same. And so here you are. Those are powerful words, follow me. And so I'd like to spend some time this morning just looking at those words and making some observations about those two little words that changed the fishermen's lives and changed the world. And observation, that's a tool we use a lot at Asbury. I'll just fill you in on that. Uh, It's one of the hallmarks of IBS. and, And that is, for those of you figuring out the acronyms, inductive Bible study. It is not the other IBS irritable bowel syndrome uh, the two can be confused sometimes and we did have a student at one point post somewhere online that they were struggling with their IBS and could use some prayer and a sweet older woman from their congregation commented you're not alone I struggle with IBS too so be careful with your acronyms but observation is a big part of how we handle scripture here We look with closer eyes and observe things about God's word. And so this morning, we're going to look with closer eyes about the calling, follow me. The first thing I notice about follow me is it is a calling for the unqualified. I don't know if you've noticed, but the disciples were not exactly first round draft picks, they were the leftovers. Uh, All Jewish boys started out studying the Torah and those who were good at it. The smart young men who made straight A's were called up to the Ivy Leagues to study, to follow a rabbi. Someone would call them and they would leave home and follow them as a teacher. And everyone else would stay home and become whatever their fathers were. And so these guys on the lakeshore, they're the leftovers. Uh, They're not bright enough to get the first call. And so they became fishermen until Jesus showed up and chose them. They are a group of uneducated, undiscipled, um, undisciplined, salt-of-the-earth tradesmen with salty language to match. And they live down to that reputation quite frequently. Just a few examples. They almost short-circuited many miracles. Uh, They tried to send the crowds home before Jesus could multiply the bread and the fish to feed them. Uh, they have power plays between themselves about who is the greatest and then send their mommy in to ask Jesus to make a pick. When little children come to play with Jesus, they try to shoo them away, thinking that children are beneath Jesus's priority when Jesus tells them it's exactly the opposite. And when Jesus starts to explain the shape that his ministry will take, when he begins to explain that the path of following Jesus always leads to the cross, that he will be arrested and beaten and die a humiliating death. It's the disciples who try to tell Jesus that he's being foolish and that he shouldn't talk nonsense like that. Just imagine if he'd listened to them. The disciples are sort of like the court jesters of the Gospels. Uh, We love to stop and shake our heads and point out how often they're doing exactly the opposite of what Jesus is doing and teaching. and, And maybe that's why I love them so much because they remind me so much of myself. They remind me that Jesus isn't shopping for polished and perfected followers, that he's simply looking for those who answer those words, follow me. He's not looking for first round draft picks. He's looking for the unqualified. Jesus wanted people who were unqualified so the world would recognize that it was God at work, not the people's smarts or their strengths or their resumes, or even their master's degrees. And you may not like me for saying this, but I actually hope that you are in over your head here. I hope that you are unqualified for what God is calling you to do, that you feel remarkably that feeling that is a confirmation of the truly called, because only those who are truly called feel it. It is the feeling of inadequacy. And if you haven't received the gift of inadequacy yet, it's great. You're going to love it. Because being in over your head is going to drive you to your knees to lean on Jesus for everything, and that is where he wants you to be. So I'm going to pray that God will challenge you to do something that you are inadequate for this semester, something that makes you totally uncomfortable and then you can send me the hate mail when it happens. Besides being in over their heads, the call to follow meant the disciples received a call to move. Follow me is a call to move. When you follow someone, you don't stand still. You have to move. Follow me implies movement. Follow is a directional call. And when Jesus called Peter and the other disciples, they could obey or they could sit in the boat, but they could not do both. And answering Jesus' calling to follow means that we move away from things and we move towards things and some of you are very familiar with the word move right now for some of you the u-haul charge hasn't even cleared your bank account and the boxes are very much part of your decorating scheme Uh, for some of the rest of you you will remain at the same address but your whole life is about to shift and move in a certain direction and to many people in your lives to many of your families This calling just doesn't make sense. But God's dream is going to continue to be bigger than any dream you've ever had. And to move in his direction, it won't always mean a change of address, but it will always mean moving in a Christ-like direction, moving away from our own will and our own desires and our own human reactions and moving towards having the mind of Christ. And for that reason, that calling to move, Jesus will call these disciples again and again throughout their relationship. You'll hear him call to them with these words, follow me. At one point, Jesus turns to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. That's pretty harsh if you ask me, but those words, get behind me, are very similar in shape and origin to the words, follow me. Get behind me means you need to follow more closely. Um, At the end of uh, Jesus's appearances to the disciples when he's on the beach with Peter uh, and he's forgiving him three times for the three denials and, and saying, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. One of the last things he says to him is follow me. So the same calling at the beginning will be the calling throughout. God will continue to speak this calling to you. So listen up. He's calling you to be a people who move and who move the world. Um, follow me is also a calling to trust we have to trust in Jesus in order to be this moving people from what we understand to what we don't understand because I don't know if you've noticed but the calling of what you're supposed to move away from is pretty specific and the calling about where you're going is incredibly vague right leave your nets leave your boats leave your family leave the only occupation and home you've ever known leave your comfort zone that's pretty specific And disorienting. And where are you headed? With me. (laughs) Where am I going? Follow me. Jesus is the specific. God is specific about what they're leaving, but the only information about their new life is Jesus Himself. Not to follow a map or a direction or head towards a landmark, but to follow Jesus, who is their destination. Uh, Jesus didn't hand out job descriptions to His first disciples. What he communicated was that their primary calling was to follow him. Our first calling is to be with Jesus. And we've tried to shape our life in this community around that specific, that we want to keep Jesus as our focus and our center. We want our eyes to stay on him. That's why we worship all the time, as I tried to tell you. Here in Estes, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 11 o'clock, communion in Fletcher – Chapel, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, at noon. There's morning and evening prayer that meets at seven thirty, five o'clock, all weekdays. People are worshiping all the time. Is it because they don't have enough to do? Are classes just not that challenging? I think we know here we've come to realize that we are busy being about the work of God and studying God, and in order to do that, we need to worship as often as possible. For those of you that won't be residing with us in Wilmore, we want to invite you into that rhythm of life to worship online with us and listen in at 11 o'clock on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays to join in and listen to and watch the sermons. Take a piece of this room with you in your heart as you go and center yourself in this community and worship as often as you can. Um, Follow me as a call to trust from the specific (laughs) to the very vague. And I'm going to go out on a limb and just say that I think trusting God has something to do with trusting Jesus himself, but even more to do with trusting that he can actually use us. Look at all the calling stories in scripture. Most people resist. They run away. They struggle to trust. Not because of their faith so much in God's power, but in their faith that God would actually want them or want to use them. If you feel that you're in over your head sometimes, if you ever wonder if God made the right choice when He chose you, if you struggle to see the calling to leave something behind uh, and you can't quite see the destination, if you are overwhelmed, welcome. We're all in that boat together. God wants leaders who are first followers. He is going to repeat those words to you throughout this journey. If you want to be a leader for Christ, listen follow me they are the words that will wreck your life but get behind Jesus fix your eyes and your vision fully on him and leave the rest to the Lord let's pray Almighty God this is a day we have waited for and expected but we also know that you love to do the unexpected So, Lord, show up in ways that surprise us today. Look back at us again and beckon and say again those words that we first heard. Follow me. Lord, I pray for the disciples in this room as they leave their nets and their boats and so many things behind. And I pray, God, for the blessing that is ahead because it is you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.